Well, we're gonna we're gonna see if I still remember how to do this. <laughs> Here we go. Welcome to the GMS podcast, brought to you by GMS Distribution. GMS specializes in temporary portable power distribution equipment for the restoration contractor. I am your host and owner of GMS, Jared Steer, and today I will be talking to my friends. Hey, there we go. We're recording. Boom. We're, so we're live? This is live. We are. We're live recording. Live record. We're recording live. We're recording us live. We're live. <laughs> From the rainy state. Well, we're in, uh, we're technically in Puyallup, Washington. I we are. I doubt anybody knows where the heck that is, but it's, it's uh, east of Tacoma. <laughs> and we still lost everyone, which is south of Seattle. Oh, we know Seattle. It is one hour and 15 minutes away from my house. You're in Kirkland, right? We moved. So we had the apartment. Oh, that's Kirkland. right. Yeah, we're in Muckleteo now. Got a okay. house in Muckleteo. Kirkland, for those that aren't familiar uh, or aware. <laughs> Another geographic. Cost, that's where Costco started. So the Kirkland brand. There is actually a city in Washington where Costco started and the Kirkland Signature Series that flows from that. I have seen that. I Bastion. didn't know that's where it came from. Yeah. I don't even live there. I didn't even know that. What? I you're, you're I in the, 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 well, we got like Starbucks. We got uh, started here. Amazon. Amazon Microsoft. started here. Microsoft. Um, what are Zillow, Redfin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, some some major com- Boeing. Boeing, yes. Um, Boeing's a big one. Boeing's a big one. They've been so, around for a while. Yeah, there's a someone else mentioned. There's some other fast food that started here. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's probably fairly bland. <laughs> Bob's Burgers. <I> think. <laughs> well, we got Dick's, which is um, you know a great company. Oh, Burger Master. That was the one I was thinking of. Burger Masters from. Hmm. Well, that's the only place I've ever seen it. Okay. Well, I get okay. Well. Let's do an introduction for everyone listening tell, who re- hasn't figured out that John Isaacson is on the podcast today. And we're recording just before lunch. We are planning to get lunch after this, and uh, so I'm thinking about food, you know. I am too. <laughs> well, I'm the second cup of coffee yeah. and lunch after this. And you didn't get a bear, so I'm not eating bear jerky or anything. So. I did not. I did not. Yeah. We're, yeah, we got so many stories. Yeah. We have so much to talk about. Yeah. So much yeah. going on. Well, why don't you go ahead, uh, anybody who doesn't know, go ahead and introduce yourself, or, you, or unless you want me just to do an intro for you. It probably, I feel well, like I barely know you. <laughs> Yeah, what would an intro do? You, what would a GMS intro be? Well, I um, think for because if your wife listens, she's she's betting on you don't remember how to do this, right? She doesn't listen. Although you are her her favorite podcast. No kidding. Yeah. You know Ben yes. Justice yeah. said the same. Yeah, bring your bring your mic in. A bring little my bit. mic up. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> Anyone out there? Hello. <laughs> Larry Wilberton, the Pineapple Man, are you listening? I think so, probably. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Hi, Larry. He's a good dude. Um, well, I think for, I mean, for this podcast, I wanted to talk with you. Um, you're the you're the host of the Dojo podcast. podcast. You've put out, since the first time that I talked to you on this podcast, episode five. Yeah. A while ago. I'm in the single digits. Yeah. Eric. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you've, you've got three books out. You've got this, the Diojo, the Diojo podcast. Mm-hmm. You've been going a lot of different ways. And then I saw you're on a webinar too yeah. with, uh, with Bruce Deloach. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jeremy Reitz. Yep. And mm-hmm. yeah, and Jeremy. And yeah, some of you use, you've got a lot of stuff that you've been, you've been doing. And 
I know I know people probably know pieces of it. Yeah. And so I wanted to bring you on today to kind of consolidate the Diojo experience. And then specifically wanted to talk to you too about your I, I guess endeavors to find the history of, of water restoration. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that, cause I know that's a conversation that me and you have had quite a few times and I've sent some contacts to you. I don't know if they've ever panned out, but yeah, I have um, them in my list. There's still people I need to reach out to. It's, it's a slow process. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you know, you gotta find, find time, make time for everything. So yeah, I don't remember, uh, with that. It was, we met, was it pre-COVID or during COVID? We met at the when I was working at the abatement company. It was pre-COVID, like just before, because we just recorded before. in December yeah. okay. of nineteen. Okay. Okay. It was just before, and so I don't think I had released the book yet. Then I no, you had just started. One. You talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was in the works. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I was actually book two, the culture book. I think we talked about that. That was supposed to be the first book. I thought. I'll write a book with other people. It'll lessen the <laughs> burden on me. Well, give me a, give me a timeline on the books of how they came out, like okay, right so, now and what they are. So the, the the first idea was book two, be intentional culture, and that was written with um, different people from within our industry and a couple people without. We actually had a publisher lined up, and um, uh, quite a few more authors lined up. And the simple idea was, uh, culture is this platitude right this word that everybody throws around that um, kind of loses its meaning so what is or is I, even defined multiple ways yeah 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 well and that was my goal was what as you as a person in a position of leadership what's one thing you've used a small thing that's helped you develop an intentional culture and then one um, experience that maybe like you're like, oops, that didn't work. <laughs> yeah, and um, and and so to be a real relatable, usable um, uh, piece, and and we'd have these multiple uh, authors. Everybody would kind of share in promoting each other. We had the publisher, and then um, the publisher had to drop out, and and that was that took two authors with it. And um, so then I didn't think it was fair. I knew I needed to self-publish. I was going to go the it's Kindle direct publishing is the Amazon route. Okay. And um, so I was like, well, it's not fair for me to experiment on a book that may impact other people. (laughs) So I I knew the book I wanted to write was the be intentional estimating Michelle Blevins. um, When she was at R and R, I wrote an article of the 10 commandments of exactimate estimating success. And it was, I think it was the top or maybe top three um, articles of 2018. Okay. So to me, it wasn't like a gold star moment or anything. It was just like, oh, there's some interest here. Right. And if I was going to write a book, there's some momentum. And there's some, you know, maybe something I'm saying is helpful to people. So why don't I expand on that um, topic? And so, so then I taught myself how to do the Kindle direct publishing and publish through Amazon. And once I had some bearing on that, then I, that's why book two was released shortly after, uh, not, okay. not that long after there was some editing and those kinds of things. But so, so book one came out first, I believe that might've been February of 2020 or something like that. I think it was early 2020, late 2019. And yeah, I'm, then, that's what I'm, th- I'm thinking. It's early 2020. Yeah, yeah. And then book two, I think probably the same year, if not the beginning of 2021, and then just not that recent, or uh, was it October? 
I think I released the book three, the So You Want to Be a Project Manager. Okay. And uh, and then I'm working on Lisa Lavender, who was a contributor to book two, the culture book, mm-hmm. approached me about creating a course from book one, be intentional estimating. And oh, so interesting. I didn't know about this. Yeah. So so then for me it was okay, there's parts of you know, um uh Tony Canis who wrote um Ensuring Millennials. I'm sorry, I'm messing that up. Oh man, I'm drawing a blank. I apologize, Tony, but a really good book on working with millennials, particularly in the insurance realm. He was like, you know, once you write it, don't go back. (laughs) And so, um, so I've tried to, so when, when Lisa approached me, is it a course based on the book, a course based on a revised version of the book or a course based on like all new content? And so I started playing around with revising the book and I was like, no, I want to leave it be, it is what it is. And, um, I think anybody that's ever written an article or put a podcast out or any creative outlet, right? There's always like, well, I could have done this or that, but it is, it is what it is. Yeah. And so, so this, this next book and accompanying courses, how not to suck at estimating colon habits for better project outcomes. So this is, so you're starting to build a series of books and courses to go with the books. Well, or is it just these two, or is there another one that you're thinking about? Where, like, kind of, what's your, what's your big picture idea of this this area of? If 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 I could sit in a room and just write articles and books, that would be that would be fine with me, right? Okay. So uh, the the problem is there's people like you in the world that don't read, right? That's true. Which is actually inaccurate. You've read almost all of my books <laughs> and given me really good feedback. So yeah. But to but to be honest, I've probably read. I don't read a lot. Yeah. So it's not something you set out to do for books fun. In two years, and three were yours. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't. I don't read a lot of books. Yeah. Yeah. But well, and that, or it takes me a long time to get through them. Well, that's the everybody's like. Well, when are you going to do an Audible? And it's like, geez, if you think writing a book takes a long time, like there are stipulations for Audible, and uh, despite all of the podcast and book notoriety. There's not a lot of funds in there to hire a voice actor, you know. Um, you want so, me to do it? Uh, I, I can, dude. Your voice, <laughs> I, I'm no, not I'm even not. joking. Would be amazing. Um, that would be stellar. <laughs> Why don't you have your well, agent call my agent? Yeah, we'll have to. You have the equipment. Somebody will. Somebody will set it up. You don't have the time though. I don't. No, yeah. I don't. Well, I barely have time to do podcasts, which is. I would love yeah. to have you narrate a book, and I'm sure the audience echoes that. But I, I mean, we were talking about. So you've been okay. So talk about. Let's pause there. You've okay. been in hibernation, right? You went. You hunted a bear, didn't find one, but you were in hibernation previously. But it's not that you were huddled in a cave, crying no, and no, huddling and nursing your wounds. You were cranking out these boxes. Well, and I think I think most people know that. My job that pays bills is... <laughs> Wait, is, the podcast doesn't pay the bills? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I, um, well, the, I mean, the real real story, the job that pays the bills is you got married. You you definitely won the lottery, right? And uh, I, you have a very talented and beautiful wife who uh, brings the bacon home. She does. And she just and she just got a new job. She started with Meta. Jeez. She's on, she's on the Meta staff now. Uh-oh. So she is... Uh, so she just, uh, uh, you guys meet virtually. <laughs> she just lives there and, and interacts with you <laughs> yeah, virtually. Right. We put our Oculus on. Your Oculus on. on. <laughs> we, 
We have hey, babe. dinner. No. <laughs> when are you coming home? Yeah, never. Like, uh, I am. Look in the living room. I'm sitting. <laughs> didn't you read the contract? <laughs> no, I haven't. She has an Oculus. I don't even know if she's played with it yet. She just started this job maybe three weeks ago. Dang. Um, but yeah, the and Oculus that's a, is something we have to go. Previously, to play she with. was at Microsoft, right? She was at Microsoft, I mean, she's which like, is what brought us out to Seattle. Yeah. Was uh, her job at Microsoft, and Being then yeah, recruited by the big dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and here our schlubs so are. Yeah, she's pretty. She's oh, welcome. That's the wrong one. Welcome oh, no, to the GMS off, bro, podcast brought to you by GMS <laughs> Distribution. So I don't know whether or not to edit this out, or now we have to explain all of it. Back off, bro! You're going to catch I am your host. I, don't, I wish there was a way to turn the button off once you hit it. Today, you just have to wait I will be for talking it to, to my friends. Yeah, it was real funky. <laughs> Yeah, that is so cool. <laughs> yeah, so I have now we're just, we're jumping around now. But so now I have I have the yeah the, the podcasting board audio equipment that I use and there's uh what do you what do you call these the mixer a mixer right well, oh no, the, actual, the presets yeah like a they friggin' a, DJ uh, right the whoop whoop yeah but they have like they have a name right there's yeah. a like the clap button or oh the clap button right is that, <laughs> is that <laughs> yeah uh, yeah 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 like, anyway so do you have so the clap? I had. Well, so I so I was I was showing John, uh, or letting him listen to him. So I had, I had recorded these these buttons previous uh, for a podcast that me and you and the the Blue Collar Nation podcast, Eric and Larry, we all got on one together. And I was going to be clever and hilarious, and I had all these pre recorded buttons ready to go. <laughs> except that, well, let's listen to the buttons first. We'll just go through them. Back off, bro, or you're going to catch these hands. Boom. One of my favorites. That's that's classic. <laughs> it was real clunky. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. I, I, I no, just no, saying, shut, shut up. up. you got to use that anytime you have a guest that's just rambling on. Shut up. <laughs> and then, yeah, that is so cool. Nice. Yeah, I've got... Dude, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and then the last Dude, one. Those are the creepiest things ever. <laughs> but, so, but we're on the, the Zoom call. And blue collars recording, no one can hear my buttons except me. I know Jared's so face is like lighting up, and there's like, yeah, everyone's you all right over there. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, Did you guys Wait, hear you that? You guys can't hear that. Did you guys hear that? No one could hear them. So, so John got to hear them for the first time, what, 15 minutes ago, and now, yeah, all of the listeners have heard them. So, so that's what you've been doing for what are we? We're in June now. And that's what you've been doing for six months. On, is just creating those. those. <laughs> No podcast until I get these buttons dialed in. <laughs> oh, no, we had, we had, I mean, business wise, we, we had a, a shipping delay that took six months. Um, and when it finally delivered, I was, I was, I had orders from July that hadn't shipped and this shipment finally came through at the end of December. Jeez. And so once it got here, I'm, and I'm still working through my backlog, but I think I'm, I'm shipping February now, uh, but but it just put me so far behind and I was trying to keep up with the podcast, but, but even, even if I didn't, ha- I mean, I didn't have the time to yeah. do the podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. but even mentally, yeah. dude, I've been a grouch. Yeah, I've yeah. been grumpy. I've been stressed out about the, uh, you know, about getting these orders out and I've been working really hard and long hours and, and, um, uh, I didn't think it would be fair to, to the guest, yeah. to the audience. You'd just be like, this one shut up (laughs) (laughs) podcast over well i'm done with this uh so yeah so we took a break and uh yeah but we're we're in a like we're not we're not caught up we're not in a good spot that way but 
at least there's a plan moving forward and it's yeah. in place and, and I'm not so stressed out and spread so thin. You're right as now. caught up as you potentially can be to everything or on track. I'm on track. Yeah. On the yeah. new track. We actually have, <laughs> well, because before, yeah, there's like, what's the production schedule? Yeah. I don't know. Stuff was supposed to be here three months ago and it's not yeah. here. Like, how yeah, do you, yeah. yeah. How do you do? So right now, right now we do have a production schedule and it's, well, I think, you know, you know, it gets taken for granted. You know, we, we don't have the things on the shelf, but that's like your livelihood. Um, you know, that's crazy to think, you know, we're having issues with hiring people in the industry and, mm. and getting staff and great. Thankfully, um, a lot of people on social media are mentioning that's starting to open up, but yeah, it's crazy to think, uh, when you've been talking about that over the last couple of months, just how frustrating that would be to like, I'm friggin' ready to send, Hundreds of these dang things yeah. that need this part or this part. Or you said even the bags, right? The bags that just the... Just the things go in. I mean, yeah. it's always... Yeah, it was always just kind of waiting on on something to come always through. Always something. And it, was, and it was hard to... like. And I'll tell you, like my, my business is fun. I, I like to have yeah. fun first. Everything's yeah. fun for me. Everything's happy for me. Like, that's where things are centered around. And my business has been fun. Um, you know, I always... I like my business. One, like our product solved a problem in the industry. Yeah. Huge. So, yeah. so that was great. Yeah. And then, you know, because I'm a small business, because I'm kind of owner operator, just have a few moving pieces. I mean, we've been able to do really cool things like like a customer can call and be like, I just landed a big job in Florida. Yeah. Uh, I need to get 30 units down here. But, you know, they call on Saturday by yeah. Monday. When you're in Indiana, that's a little and we're in shorter Indiana, drive, right? And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, it's like, let me see what I can do. Yeah. You know, really a company shouldn't ever be able to pull that off. And we, yeah. where we can, we can yeah. do things You're like agile. that. So, uh, like we're very responsive. We're very customer service oriented. And that always makes me happy when I can, you know, somebody calls in with a problem and it's like, dude, I got your back. We're gonna get this fixed. We're gonna get it taken care of. Yeah. For like the last year, a call comes in. They're like, Hey, I need this. And I'm like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and like they're like, literally well, can I get it next week. I don't know if you can get it in two months. Yeah. And, and it's just, you know, those, those phone calls. And then with, with sales reps and distributors calling, Hey, what's the status on this PO? What's this? And, and it's, I haven't had a fun conversation yeah. and, yeah. and done anything like what I feel like is, is, you know, what, what I created this business to do yeah. for so long, man, it just, it, it wears on you. Yeah. 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 And so, um, I think we're, we're now on this, on a path and we've, we've restructured some things in the business. We've restructured some things with, with our supply and our vendor yeah. chain and, and trying to solve some of those problems. But a lot of those problems like you can't, I mean, something gets stuck on a boat. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to solve that. Well, a friend of mine has like a, a plumbing business, right? And so they're talking about like shower surrounds, you know, the three piece shower surrounds is mm -hmm. one of the pieces they're waiting on. And then it's like, well, you could go into 3D printing, but guess what else is in real short supply right now? The resin for Plastic. those kinds of stuff. So it's yeah. like, it's like there's, there's ways to innovate. And then, um, you know, what's a little bit interesting, I think even in our industry, say there's a shortage on gloves, right? And then your supplier all of a sudden has a new shipment and you say, I'll just take all of them. Well, then it creates it's great a shortage for you, again but it's like, everyone else. you know, yeah, it, it kind of, and it's difficult it, to think. It was the toilet paper effect. Yeah, 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 yeah. In 2020. Yeah. 
here's a disease that doesn't cause diarrhea, but gosh darn it, we're going to have a run on toilet paper. <laughs> some people had none. Some people yeah. had 80 packages of toilet paper. Well, I, I know that's changed my buying habits. We keep an extra pack. I mean, we've got six butts here, you know, so uh, we keep an extra pack. It's a lot pack. of butts. <laughs> a lot of butts. <laughs> we keep an extra pack in the garage, um, you know, whereas, I mean, you saw some people opening up you know, ancillary stores and charging triple, quadruple. Thankfully, I don't think that was, you know. It didn't last very long. A long, yeah, a lot of people. But, um, you know, sometimes it's self-inflicted. Oh, my God, you know, there's a shortage. This is terrible. And then it's like, well, I'm going to make it worse by By buying buying crap that I don't need. Yeah, that, uh, you know, more toilet paper than I'd use in six lifetimes. You know, I've got it. (laughs) Got it. Well, that's awesome. So, so you're out of hibernation. Back with yep. the the GMS podcast, <clears throat> sponsored by GMS Distribution. Shut up. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, so, the, I I'm envious. I you know for anyone if this is your first time listening to the GMS podcast, Jarrett has the best audio quality uh, in the industry, bar none. Shut up. Yeah, that is so cool. <laughs> so yeah. So well, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, oh, it, it is fun. It's good to be back. We were talking about the books. Yes. You asked about the books, and um, if I could write, I would. Uh, Michelle again Blevins, now at CNR, the owner of CNR Magazine. She yes. mentioned, you know, if you publish some videos uh, accompanying your articles, that might help them get more engagement. And a friend of mine, Greg Power, he mentioned the same thing. Um, you know, we're in this social media age, right? Right. And so, um, and it's true. So, so I started creating some cringy videos in the garage. And then when COVID hit, um, I think I've shared this with a couple. I actually presented it initially as a podcast for the company I was working at. And they could not grasp. I, I, and I definitely would encourage anybody out there. Like, so we were talking about. We were an abatement company and we wanted to meet with contractors, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, dude, what what do people love to do more than anything? Let's talk about themselves, especially if they're talking about their company, right? And you're creating you're giving them a platform where it's not them just, you know, blah, 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 blah. You're asking them questions, you're yeah. lobbing it up. I like, no one would have to listen to this podcast for it to be successful because if I can't get Jarrett to sit down with lunch for me. But if I say, hey, Jarrett, let's jump on a 30-minute podcast. And especially during COVID where you couldn't meet with people, but we can jump on a Zoom. Yeah. You know, no one has to watch it, and I've achieved my goal. Well, and I think, I mean, and kind of going, echoing what you're saying and even following up on it. I mean, I remember when I talked to, you know, because I have like some marketing people that I bounce things off of. And... And we try to do, I, I always try to, you know, have some some marketing focus for the year, whether sure. it's trade shows in the trade show booth, or maybe it's YouTube videos, or maybe it's the website, or, yeah. and uh, we were kind of like, you know, what's going to be this next year? And I said, I said, I think I think should do a, I'm going to do a podcast. Yeah. And a like, what's that again, now? like no yeah. one could get their head around yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I would say though, like even including me, because they're like, you know, what are you gonna talk about power distribution? I'm like, no, I'm just gonna like, I'm just gonna talk to people. Yeah. I'm like, what are you gonna talk about? I'm like, just whatever they want to talk about. Yeah. I'm like, well, what's that gonna do? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Well, who's gonna listen to it? I don't, I don't know. know. But I, I, but I think it's a, I think it'll do. And and now what it has done. I mean, now that you've, you know, you do that for a while, and what you were talking about as far as opening doors. I mean, yes, there's there's been people on the on the podcast where 
maybe I can't get them to return a phone call for GMS distribution or right. power boxes, but they'll talk about whatever I send, it is I they send do. them a message like, Hey, GMS podcast, would you like to be a guest? We can feature this, the, you know, we can talk to you about how you mm-hmm. start. Bingo. And, and yeah, it, it's, it's a lot easier to interact with people with, yeah. with some of the key people or people sure. that I was trying to get in with. Um, yeah. It's opened up those doors just yeah. by having the podcast. So the podcast has done a lot more too. I mean, one I, I was even talking about it's, it's educated me yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you start looking at and you, and you're doing this, I mean, you've been podcasting long enough too. Um, and I encourage anybody who's, who wants to podcast or who is podcasting, like do like do it, yeah, Whoever, yeah. whatever you think is holding you back or whatever. It's like, do it. There's, yeah. there's a lot to gain from it. Uh, even if no one listens, I mean, we're not even yeah. talking about listeners. Uh, but you know, I, th- I think I've done 80 something. Well, I've had, I've had 80 conversations yeah. with, very, very smart and intelligent people, you know, that's over 80 hours of interaction that I've had. Free education. Free education. And, and it's absolutely, I've, I've absolutely been educated and and learned a lot just from having guests on the podcast. Right. Well, and it expands your circle, right? Because now I have, I know this person Yeah, and then they're like, Hey, you talked about this or I noticed on LinkedIn, you said this, you should talk to, I mean, you've done that for me and I think I've done that for you a few times. Oh yeah. You're more connected than me. Well, I think it also, I like, I like the podcast form and I think this is why I originally wanted to do it. There's so much, you know, we do so much on social media yeah. and you know, you follow somebody on Instagram for yeah. instance, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll mention these guys. I mean, this is, this is one of them, uh, the Trident restoration. Okay. Uh, they're, they're out of Ohio. Uh, I do, and I am going to reach out to them. I want them on the podcast, uh, soon this year sometime, but you know, they were a new company starting out, but I guess what I'm saying is, you know, if you follow Trident restoration on Instagram, they post some pictures and they and they post some pictures of jobs and, and yeah. you like them. Yeah. Who is Trident Restoration? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so now the, the podcast is a, is another way to deliver like, like, yeah, you could, you could see my picture on Facebook and right. you could like it or you could see a comment that I made, but Actually to listen you. to somebody yeah, for yeah. an hour and go, Oh, this, this is who that person is. Mm-hmm. This is where they came from. This is why they're doing and choosing to do it. It, it gives you such a better feel and just a, a, right. Just a better connection with, with actually who they are that I think it, it, it then even makes those, those social media quick posts mean, mean a lot more. They stand out more. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You, you understand you know more of the was. heart or the, people behind it right it yeah. pers- per- personifies or personalizes it and at the same time if you don't want to listen to this then turn it off yeah easy. it's fine easy right <laughs> you know, yeah. so, so which you plenty really get to pick you choose and pick what you want to listen to as it relates to the ojo podcast there's plenty of people you know oh nope <laughs> nope dude those are the creepiest things ever <laughs> <laughs> jeez eric stop interrupting <laughs> yeah yeah you've so, had some success with the deal i mean i mean i think we're i think we're we're all, we're all, we don't want to, I don't like to brag on myself. Like you, you know, we're, we're all talking like we yeah. downplay a lot of stuff because it's just not who we are. But at the same time, I think it is important to, to recognize I mean, you have had some success with the, with the Yojo podcast and yeah, well my, um, and I guess this is a good transition. We're going to transition right into this and then talking about, you know, those guests that you've had on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, before it was ever called the Yojo podcast, it was three questions with the pro yeah, that is so cool. Thanks, Larry. <laughs> You're always so encouraging. And um, 
And and that was uh, at the time that Covis hit. Um, it was like so many people were just putting crap information out there, and it got flooded. Yeah, and so because it was the only outlet. That was that was like okay. Well, um, I wanted to. I reached out to quite a few people outside of the circle to try to get some information in. Uh, David Princeton, who now writes for CNR magazine, I think it's Dear David is his article. He's a licensed public adjuster, but he focuses on claims advocacy. And uh, I think he was the first episode, if I remember correctly, but just talking about, you know, considerations and things that could get you into trouble. Ed Cross was on there, um, yep. you know, talking about, you know, making sure your contracts are set up right because that can get you hosed. Um Ray uh, Titman, who's a lawyer on the insurance side, you know, those are some of the first um, uh, guests and just presenting kind of more of a robust. But now those people, um, I, I, I mean, I'm on speaking terms more with Ray. I can contact him and, and get information from him. And we've talked about some other collaborations, but, you know, I consider both Ed and David to be close friends now, you know, and those are early guests and you just... It's like this, right? You kind of you get a sense for somebody maybe on social media or or even, too, a, a real good thing to do is if you're like, I'm not sure what that person's talking about, you know, send them a private message and say, hey, did you mean it that way? <laughs> you know, when you yeah. said whatever you said that because uh, it's 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 hard. It, 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 they're different mediums, right? Like um, writing a social media post, writing a book or an article, speaking on a podcast um, and then even being in person live, right? There's, there's, you don't, you don't always realize there's so many different nuances. And an example of that, there's this program called Otter AI, and you can take your podcast and it'll literally transcribe it into text. Okay. Um, and it's, you know, some of the grammar and stuff like that is not spot on, so you have to go back and edit it. But reading what we talk about doesn't translate immediately into an article as much as you might think it would. And so, you you know, there's there's an art to each of them, right? And then, like, if I just sat here and read the book, like, that might be entertaining if it was audible because that's what you wanted. It wouldn't be the same transfer of information, you know, as yeah. as, as reading the book. So it, it's really interesting just thinking about if, if you get into podcasting and a couple of people have reached out that are thinking about it. And it's like, yeah, there's there's plenty Do of it. room. Yeah. And, and just I, I think the most important thing um, – there's, I, I had conversations with somebody this week about a podcast and another person about um, writing articles and those kinds of things. It's almost like uh, learning to play music. I tried in high school and I was unsuccessful. But, you know, one of the reasons you do cover songs, right, is you start, it's not just knowing the notes, but getting the feel and you start to dissect, well, how did this, you know, how does that make you feel? How does that come together? And uh, so there, there's an element. You start developing your skills from there yeah, too. There's an element of, of imitation that um, is good, but it also educates as you go through the process. And like you're saying with the podcast, you're listening to people and you're like, man, that, that's really good. Um, but, but it's important to your experiences, your background, your mindset and habits. Those are the things that make your voice unique. You know, there's really not. Rachel Stewart, who wrote Unqualified Success, and you've had her on, and I've yeah. had her on my podcast. Uh, actually, when I was hesitating to write the book, I had a call with her, and I said, man, I just don't know if I have enough unique information to give that would make a book interesting. And she's like, there's no 
there's really no new information, right? The laws of physics, there's no matter is neither created nor destroyed. There's not really like this. Nobody's like opening the universe and right. dropping this. You know, it's just maybe you got a different take on it or your way reveals it to a new audience, right? And so, but it's important to not just be regurgitating. You know, I just watched a Gary V video and now I'm just word for word regurgitating. Just saying what that, Gary, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. hey, I, I, I believe this and I was watching this Gary V video, which uh, supported what I thought and also made me think about it a little bit differently, you know? And so that's interesting, right? Like if you're just going to regurgitate to me what you saw Gary V talk about or any number of talented people, I'm not trying to knock on them. Yeah. It's just not interesting. But if you're saying, but even, even at that though, I mean, <clears throat> Gary, I mean, I like Gary V. I do. I listen to, I don't, I haven't, I haven't listened to him quite as much recently, but, um, but yeah, there was a, there was a time where, I mean, Gary V was probably my most listened to, okay, you know, content that I that I took in. Dude, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I hit the right one. <laughs> but uh, that kind of... Gary V was your favorite. Gary, yeah, you so, modeled your whole life so, after okay. Gary V. But I, did, but I recently Listen saw a video. Listen here, Garrett. What you need to do on your podcast, <laughs> so we gotta do. So that's... What you gotta do? You gotta go to a garage sale. If you don't go to Grotsdale, what are you doing with your life? So have you seen, maybe you've seen it. Have you seen the video of Gary V reacting to the people impersonating Gary V? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's yeah. So, it that's is. pretty it's funny. That, yeah. My son Caden does a really good Gary V impersonation. You got to work 18 hours, yeah, yeah. go to the garage sale. Sleep? Who's sleeping? <laughs> Find it for $2, sell it for 3 That's a dollar. Do that a million times. That's a million. Like, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. No, yeah, just breaking it down. Yeah. No, that's that's good. So the 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 yeah the podcast. So that I mean, like you didn't have a plan. It sounds like we're similar um, in that I, I I'm not so much a planner. Where like I just plan my whole life out. I kind of more see like I think maybe I can see maybe is this the way you do it too? I can see an opportunity. I can see the potential, right? Yeah. And and then I go for it. And actually, the catalyst was like Michelle's input. Um, my friend Greg's input and, and, uh, thankfully to your credit, I think I reached out to, um, Eric and Larry and I don't remember, I think they may have been guests on my podcast, but I reached out to you and I said, how are you doing? I know how to do the YouTube. I know how to record a video on my computer poorly and throw it onto YouTube. What are you doing for podcasting? You told me you were using anchor, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, paired up with Spotify, right? And then, yeah, it is now. Yeah. And then you told me you spent, you know, $365,000 on this motherboard. <laughs> and I was like, well, Jared, I don't have that kind of money. No, it's a road, uh, roadcaster pro is what it's I'm using. Rode. Gosh. Uh, is it Rode? This uncivilized podcast. No, I don't know if you're being serious or not. I don't know. I have no freaking clue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, so it's. I think it's neat. I think. Um, I think if, if you're tempted to start a podcast, I think you'll find most of people that have podcasts would say, "Please do it." You know, it, there's yeah. no competition because you're going to have your niche, right? And, yeah, and that's what I think it is too. Because I've had some, you know, I've, I've had conversations with people in there. Like, yeah, you know, uh, it's like, yeah, do it. Like, it's not. It's not like. I'm going to like my audience is now going to like everybody's going to have their own preference of what yeah. they want to listen to. And I think that's, I mean, that's one of the great things about a, having a, having a podcast. Well, and even having so many podcasts, because 
even I mean, even in my own podcast library, the yeah. stuff that I like and the stuff yeah. I like to listen to, yeah, yeah. I like getting recommendations from other people. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, this one's awesome. It's my favorite. And I'll listen to them like, I can't get into it. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Not, it's not for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, But it is for someone else. Yeah. So, so just as I'm not for everyone, but yeah. I'm for someone. Yeah. You know, you too. And it's, and anybody, anybody yeah. really. Well, I think most people listen to podcasts, right? Especially if it's topic-based or guest-based. You listen to a part, maybe you fast forward, maybe something grabs your attention. Mm-hmm. But also, there might come a point three months down the road, you're like, wait a minute. Jared had a guy or a gal on his podcast that was talking about this. You know, you were talking about the Colby thing, right? So that may be just like right over your head, but maybe, you know, six months down the road, you've now hired four Come people. Come back to it. And you're either looking, you know, I know Eric and Larry are big. This, uh, the disc. The Is disc. that what you're thinking? Yeah, the disc. And Colby's kind of uh, another realm of that. And, um, I know Colby is tied to the traction stuff. So, you know, yes, I know the, the disc is your personality. The Colby is your learning style. Yeah. And we yeah. just, and on my podcast, we just covered both of those topics and there's yeah. many other podcasts that, that, that have covered it. And when well, I know Ben Justison is a big proponent of, I think it's called 16 personalities. So there's different formats. There and is, yeah. A lot of times it's what, what fits you, what makes sense. What's the one where it's like, you're a lion or a Labrador. Or a, oh yeah. I'm an otter. You're an otter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> um yeah so yeah the the podcasting you know um well with you so you're like your journey you got into it and then and then it seems like through our conversations you really wanted to focus in on this history of water restoration piece i think it's like part of the journalist in you right yeah and and you started going down that road and and i know that you reached out to me i gave you some contacts of people that i thought maybe be able to help but who i guess kind of consolidating all of that information that you've picked up and learned over the last year, two years, who, who have you talked to and kind of what, like, what is, what is that story? Yeah. In, in your words now, compiling everything after you've had the interviews, what is, what is the story for yeah. the history of restoration? Well, uh, in school, history was always kind of my favorite topic. Mm. Um, and so, you know, just kind of, it's really interesting, you know, just, uh, I think maybe inherently like, just like exactly like you're asking, like, well, you started the GMS podcast. Well, how, why, you know, and then where does it come? Yeah. And I think, I think what sucks to me is, you know, most of the books and things that you read, it's here's where I started and here's how successful I am. So these are all the things you should do. And there's this piece in the middle right? That that's the interesting stuff. Like, you know, um, you know, man, I got my teeth kicked in here, here, and here. I made sure. this mistake that almost tanked everything. And this is what I learned from it. Cause you know that, and, and, um, I think people are hesitant. I was at a conference a couple years ago and the speaker said, uh, we learn from our victories, but everybody else, especially if you're in a position of leadership, learns from your failures. Like it humanizes you, right? Like if you're managing other people, it's important to share not just what I know now, 20 years into the industry, but the reason I know this is because when I was in your shoes and I was three years in the industry, I wrote this estimate and I put, you know, this language in there and man, I got slapped so hard, you know? Yeah. And, and, and it's not, when you get to a point where you have something to share, it's not because you're smarter 
or better than anybody else. It's just, man, you don't know all the stairwells I fell down all the times. <laughs> right. You know, I put right. myself in bad situations and had to dig my way out of it. And so, um, so I've always tried to like, okay, so what's, what's that middle piece? And so history, our industry now is, you know, billions of dollars, right? But it started out like... Uh, well, not that long ago. Yeah, not really not that... I think Lloyd uh, Weaver, um, I think it was in the 50s in North Dakota, there was a, a massive flood. And he took the centrifugal air mover out of an HVAC furnace, mm-hmm. right? And said, hey, that blows air. I need to dry this house, pull it out, put a cord on it. And, and now we have an air mover, right? And then he developed That's his, something. and and Claude Blockburn developed his, what became Dryes. So, so can you give me like a little background on these? So, who is Lloyd Weaver? Um, so, I, I man, I've got. I was fortunate enough. Um, Lloyd Weaver, unfortunately, uh, has passed away. Mm. Um, but I was able to talk to two of his sons and a grandson uh, not that long ago. So, I'm working on Pete Consigli. If you're interested in history, Pete Consigli, the global watchdog, the global restoration watchdog, he is uh, an active contributor to IAQ Radio, um, okay. the OGs of restoration podcasting. They podcast every Friday, Cliff Slotnick and Joe Hughes. And so Pete wrote an article, uh, I believe it was in 2007 in CNR Magazine, um, and it's the theme was like the Mount Rushmore, the four faces on Mount Restoration, the okay. founding fathers. Very so cool. there's Lloyd Weaver, who for all intents and purposes is is credited as the father, the founding father of water damage. Um, you've got Marty Martin, Martin Marty L. King. Uh, he came out of cleaning and, and developed a lot with fire. He developed a lot with... Um, RAA and and the uh, CR program. He's the guy that um, created the CR program. Okay, one of the leading guys there, and um, so that's kind of the fire realm. Um, Cliff Zlotnick, um, he uh, his family, so they created uh, Microband, not the Microband that you see included in all the products, but um, the Microband that we use for a long period of time in the industry and a lot of different chemicals. One of my favorite, ninety nine. I believe was out of his camp as well. Um, but, uh, so he, he came out of the, that side, the chemicals, uh, developed the unsmoke house and then got into water damage as well. So he's water fire, a real innovator. Okay. Uh, Um, so Lloyd's kind of an innovation and, and practitioner, Marty was more like on the education side um, and and developing a lot of those aspects, professionalizing the industry. He was a big driver mm-hmm. of that. Um, Cliff is like a mad scientist, you know, so he'll go into his lab and, and figure it out. Um, and so Mar- Lloyd and Marty have passed. Cliff is still with us and regularly con- is, is the co-host of the IQ Radio and attends still industry events. And then Claude Blackburn developed um, or created Dry Ease. And his first product was, have you ever seen those little blue foam blocks that people put under furniture when they oh, clean yeah. the carpet or whatnot? Yeah. That was his first product that he created. And he was worried that, um, you know, somebody would basically steal the idea and start manufacturing it differently. So he got into... Um, manufacturing, creating air movers and dehues, they became the largest, you know, dryies and Phoenix are the two largest right uh, products, you know, drying equipment and air movers and, and air scrubbers. 
and uh, he sold that several years ago. It's now part of the Legends brands. Um, but that was here in Washington. We had a drying house up by you, Bellingham, or not Bellingham. They're in Burlington. Burlington. Yep. The other B. Yep. And um, and so and he was uh, pivotal in um, you know just a lot of kind of innovating and driving things forward. You know, there was a time when fire was, you know, cleaning, cleaning and carpet cleaning was the biggest. It was the driver of our industry, the main voice. So if you went to an industry event, a lot of it would be around carpet cleaning. Right. And then fire became a big thing because that was with um, insurance companies and those kinds of things. Because uh, a lot of the water would be just the carpet cleaners would clean it, maybe set a fan or something like that, or just let it dry out. We suck the water out, just let the house do what it's going to do. And so it's it's interesting to think like the S five hundred, the IICRC S five hundred, the water damage standard, was first published in ninety four. We didn't have like know, a, like... a um, and the first revision or when it became really popular was I believe around ninety nine. So it's really not that long ago. Uh, we still don't have a fire standard. They're working, I think it's the S740 affair or the S700, if I remember correctly. Um, and I recorded some um, at RIA this year on that. But, um, you know, for the longest time, we had the S500 and then the S520, I think was maybe early 2000s, if I remember correctly. Uh, so, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. pretty, I mean, it's pretty crazy how new. Yeah. Some how new it is, how fast it's grown, and yeah, and I guess like exponentially the speed. I mean, in the education side of yep. it too. Yep. Of, I mean, and, and I and I think of it. I mean, I, to kind of simplify it, you know, uh, I talked to Barry Costa, who yeah. in his lifetime they used to pull carpet out of the house, take it to their shop, hang it up, dry it, reinstall it. When I started in two thousand two, we still had the hanging racks, and we still would try to remove it as one piece. And then hang it. Oh, really? Yeah. Even then. Even then, yeah. To to then there's now still where some value. Have, yeah. Well, it's it, but it's like you know to now where you have these flood houses yep. and all of like I mean just like Chuck Chuck DeWald and his yep. E3 and like how it's come from yeah. you hang it in the garage to yeah yeah you know so much drying in place and really understanding the science behind it yeah. and creating atmospheres for drying and yeah. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty unbelievable how yeah. quickly this industry has progressed. Yeah. It's exciting to see where it's going to go too. Yeah. Well, and that's what I think what's exciting. Um, I, I'm most familiar currently with like Lloyd Weaver cause that's some of the content I've been, um, putting together and editing, but, um, we did start, I'd like to give a shout out. Um, Pete's our, our, um, Pete Consiglia is our, our, uh, resident, um, what am I saying? Um, you know, the guy that oversees and looks and kind of reviews things, but propertyrestorationhistory.com. I haven't posted in a while, but, you know, so if anybody has stories, articles, video clips, you know, people to suggest, um, I've got a few pages built out. Um, Please remember, as I'm doing all of this, I'm still a restorer by day, so I have a nine to five. (laughs) (laughs) And then trying to write these, you know, Lisa's really beaten on me she yells at me every day um when is this freaking course gonna be ready and uh i tell her back off bro or you're gonna catch these hands so if you're listening lisa lisa <laughs> she'd probably kick my butt but uh but yeah so so yeah the i think you know what's what's the saying those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it mm-hmm. the funny thing is like even as advanced as the industry has become at its core, it's still a very simple industry. 
where did the water come from? How far did it go? And then what is our plan to address that? And then how are we going to demonstrate that we achieved the goal that we set out to achieve? And in that, as we track it, if what we thought we were going to do isn't working, how are we going to adapt, right? I mean, it's just, right. it's wet, get it dry. <laughs> yeah. You know, or it got smoke damaged, get the odor out, you know, make sure you go through the proper steps to ensure you got all of the odor out. You know, if there's mold, well, you know, uh, what are we going to do to remove it and make sure it doesn't come back, you know? And then uh, the business I'm in right now, we focus only on repairs. So it's like, what do we got to do to communicate to the insurance company? This is what it's going to take to restore them to pre-loss conditions and then make it happen, you know? Right. So it, it, it is, it's a very nuanced and complicated industry, but at the end of the day, it's a simple, it's a simple process. Well, so through your conversations that you've had with, with some of these, some of the, even the founding fathers or around the founding fathers, what, is there anything that stands out to you? Any, any moments where there was a, a big change that you could see that was done or even just something that you were told that you were like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea. What, what, what's funny to me is, um, there is a propensity to romanticize history, right? To where like, Oh, these guys, you know, they were creating the industry out of the goodness of their heart and there wasn't any conflicts and there was never issues. You know, um, did all of them have shared, uh, well, all of them that are alive, Cliff and Claude, have shared at various points people, you know, uh, misunderstood or judged their intentions, you know, when they're trying to move something forward. You know, those two at points conflicted or butted heads, you know, and, and, uh, I think Pete Pete has a really good Pete and Cliff have a really good interview with Jeff Cross on Clean Facts that we did from AML Winter Break, and um, Pete brought up this term uh, contentious collaboration, and I love that word contentious collaboration because like at the end of the day, I mean you brought up E three right? There's a lot of people right now that don't agree with that, think it might be the worst thing ever, and there's a lot of people who are like, this is amazing. It simplifies everything. Yeah. And the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, right? You know, um, not everything works for everything and nothing nothing is a silver bullet. I think that's what anybody should take away from anything. It's like somebody tells you there's the magic juice and the silver bullet, they're lying. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not gonna make the adjusters bow down and um you know, there, there's a lot of things that we do, I think, like the, the S500 and things like that, where it's the right thing to do to professionalize the industry, but you're also arming, not the enemy, but the other side to say, oh, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, you know. And so... Well, this isn't, isn't still so much, and I don't know because I'm not a restorer, but I would, I would have to imagine like so much of it is still, well, I guess I can't, I mean, not that I have to imagine it. Anyway, here's what I'm getting at. Is, is the S500, like, is it left up to some interpretation or is it very, very strict and standardized? No. And I can go back to, like, my electrical code. Like, we have electrical codes that say, you know, this. Two but those feet, are th So those are know. regulatory, right? Like, yes. if you don't follow it, there's fines and potential uh, yeah, you don't punitive pass. and damages yeah. and things like that. So those are compulsory. Our standards in our industry are voluntary. Um, they're voluntary standards. So... Uh, like you can get sued based off of the standards, um, but it's not like a regulating body is going to come in and say, well, you didn't follow S500, so this doesn't pass or you can't move forward. And there's a lot of argument in the industry whether we should follow more of the electrical or the plumbing, you know, where we have established apprenticeship and stuff like that. And so thankfully, 
Right now, RIA, the Restoration Industry Association, is our trade association. It's the largest uh, one in the industry. Um, and then um, and then you've got the IICRC, which is like the certifying body. For a long time, they have not been working together. There's been friction and schism, and now they are. And that goes back to that contentious collaboration. We may oh. not see eye to eye on everything, but what can we do for the greater good? Right. And, and, and that that gets tricky because you and I may disagree on, well, I think this is the most important thing. And I think like with the RIA, the uh, advocacy and government affairs committee has done a really good job of saying, we think these are, there's two ways to approach something, right? This is the biggest issue and we're going to put all our resources in that basket, or maybe we have some low hanging fruit and we want to get some victories and some momentum. And so deciding that, you know, I mean, think about what we've got thousands. There's probably 20 plus thousand, I don't even want to guess. I mean, thousands and thousands of restorers, right? And the oh, idea I think, that I think what, I think a number I heard was sixty thousand. I was the thinking country. of the companies. I'm sorry. There's like twenty or thirty thousand registered companies or something like that. Okay. But, yeah, it's um, tens of thousands. But the idea sure. that you can get, you know, ten of them in a room and they're all going to agree on something is low. But the the standards process has shown that's consensus, right? Those are consensus based. So it's not the top best practices it's what we can agree on are the baseline these things should be done so it's been historically there's the blue section which is like the musts and the shoulds okay and the prescriptive standards and then there's the white section which is all of the commentary and the you know hey these are recommended and those kinds of things so okay. it's it's not like electrical in the sense that there's an inspector coming and going to say other than um I believe it's Florida, Texas, and California have mold standards okay. statewide. Um, you know, but I think that's more with getting licensed and how inspectors have to do their jobs and remediators and some of those process items. So, um, but that uh, going back to Pete's thing, the contentious collaboration. I think that's the thing that's been um, our history as an industry. It's a lot of very independent people, <laughs> very passionate people. And, and, and sometimes it, it can be very hard to say, okay, this is what's best for all restorers, even though it may not be the best thing for me individually. Well, that's hard. If I'm just trying to feed my family, I don't care. Like, I'm doing what I need to do to, yeah. to, to feed my family. But what you also got to understand is if you get a little further down the road and you want to grow your company or you want to have a sustainable industry, sometimes you have to sacrifice some of those things for the greater good, you know, and, uh, you know, it sounds, I think that sounds a little more maybe romantic than I intended, but, you know, sometimes you have to think bigger than just yourself for your long-term good, you know. Oh, sure. And it, it harder to do when you're just, maybe you're the guy sucking out the poo in the crawl space, you know, like, <laughs> I don't care what anyone has to say. I'm doing what I got to do, you know? So, yeah. Um, but I think that too, we had a really good conversation um, at our local, we have a local networking group that's growing with uh, restoration contractors. And, and that got brought up is, you know, how do you call somebody out if you think they're doing something wrong? And I think we had consensus in our group where it's like, well, I, I may see you doing something wrong, but maybe maybe you're new, right? Or maybe maybe you're a tech and you didn't fully get trained or something like that. So rather than assuming somebody's just adamantly going like out deliberately there, deliberately doing something corners. wrong, yeah. 
if you're the guy, I might say, hey, Jarrett, do you realize that by doing that, you might be endangering yourself and your customer? You know, have you thought about... Back off, bro, or you're going to catch these hands. Yeah, yeah, that's the <laughs> other side of it, right? Or if you're an employee, if you had an employee, I call you up, hey, Jarrett, I don't know if you're aware, but I was on this job site and I saw one of your technicians doing this. I know you, like you have high standards. I know you train your guys. Um, so maybe uh, I'm hoping that's an anomaly, but it might be something you want to address because I think it could cause well, issues. I mean, and to be able to do that, because cause then there's also, you know, this whole, I mean, there's competition. People yeah. are in competition. They're bidding against each other. So then like, how much do you want to help out your competitor? Well, or are you talking like that, well, that, I, I, man, I, I, and I don't I would, even know if you want to get I into would this love, conversation. I would <laughs> love if anybody's listening, that is bullshit. If you are in competition with any, anybody right now, you got problems because there is so much work out there. We're turning work away okay. like more so than we're taking work on. So if you have that problem, your problem is much bigger than the competitor. The other part of that is, uh, and it's been played out, rising tides raise all ships, right? So there is nothing okay. better you can do for your company than educate your competition on how to do it right. Right. So because now if we go competitive bid, we're now apples to apples. It's not me saying I need to do the right thing and it's going to cost nine grand. And you're like, you know, well, I'll do it for twelve hundred. You know, well, it's like that's not helping you. You're not charging what you need to charge to grow your business and do it right. Yeah. And you don't realize like that it's price fixing if we both go in and say, hey, I'm at nine, you're at twelve hundred. Why don't we both bid this at seventy five and let them sort it out? That's price fixing. You could go to jail. Right. But. If it's like, do you realize, Jarrett, you should be charging for this PPE? You know, the insurance company should be paying you more than three days for your drying equipment. You know, whatever it is, yada, yada, yada. Um, do you realize? So if I come in and I educate you on how to properly write an estimate, you know, and I'm giving away my secrets, you know, which is BS. It's so stupid. Yeah. I was at a large well, I restoration. Think, I think I want to be clear, too. I don't I don't agree with the competition thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. Think, I think. But it, uh, it's when you hear, right? And it's definitely in the mindset of Well, we of hear. People. I just want to say, like, for the people listening to me, I mean, I, I think, you know, you provide value and you. Shut f- up. <laughs> you figure out. But the market decides. Yeah. You yeah. know, at the end of the day. And as far as as far as you're saying, you know, with the with the tide raising, um, I mean, I was. I, I'm, I'm in that mindset. Also, my dad was the the instructor for the electrical class. Yeah, that taught people to go get their license. That would then start their business to go compete with him and bid against him on jobs. And and I remember a lot of people telling him like, "Why are you doing that? You're you're training your competition. Yeah, you know why are you doing that?" And and he was you know basically the same thing. He's like, you know, we're all going to provide value, but I need to educate these guys on how to do it right. I want to so say apples to apples. When we go bid, yep. Yep. yeah, they didn't undercut it because they think they you know they they came from a job making twenty dollars an hour. Now if they bid it making twenty five, they're doing a good thing. He's like, no, we only bid it at forty forty five. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. why and yeah. And uh, so I'm very much in a line with yeah, that, yeah. that aspect, that side of the conversation. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, yeah. Um, you know, Ben, Ben talks about that with, uh, you know, his estimating class. I know Chuck and Chris talk about that with their training, you know, mm-hmm. and um, you know, that's, there's, there's, there's really, there's nothing better than at the local level, you know, um, get together with your local uh competitors right and um and and raise the bar by now with that are you seeing a lot of a lot of <coughs> excuse me sorry 
I covered the microphone and they copped which, all over you. Which one? Dude, dude what is wrong with you? Think, <laughs> which one's it? Dude, what is wrong with you? Back off, bro, or you're going to catch these hands. The buttons are fun. So I covered the microphone, but I coughed literally all over Jared's. <laughs> well, now you got to bring the mic back up. Hello? <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. What was your question, Jared? Now I forget what I was even saying. Oh, oh the local groups. level. The, the groups. groups, yeah. Are you... Are you seeing, I mean, you've started a group here and then I know we're, you know, a lot of us are connected across the country through social media. Are you seeing a lot of these groups locally kind of pop up? Are they, are they existing? Should people try to start new ones because they're not there or should people try to find them because they are there? I, I, you know, I think you got to do what makes sense for you. Um, and, and if I can encourage, there's plenty of people that say, I'm not in this for me, da, 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 da. I have a motive, a financial motive, right? Like mm-hmm. we only do repairs. So if I can get in a room with mitigation contractors and they refer me, you know, that's gold for me, right? Um, I tried to do it when I was at the abatement company too. So I, I have a financial incentive, um, but the trick there is um, is people do business. They, they say people do business with people they know, like, and trust. I think it's backwards. They got to know you even exist, right? If people don't know you exist, you're not getting referrals or any business. Right. I, I think like actually comes after trust because like if I don't, I don't have to necessarily like you to do business with you, but if I trust you're going to do a good job, I might tell a customer like, I hey, agree with that. he's a little rough around the edges, but yeah. I can tell you at this particular thing, there's no one better. This mm-hmm. is who I would hire and just understand he's not going to be the nicest to you or whatever, have the best bedside manner. Um, and so, so... But when it comes to the group, and I think you've been around um, to some of the early meetings, that's not why I'm there. If we create value, um, and, and I really do believe too, if I know who you are, it makes it a, a lot harder to talk crap behind your back, right? Because it's like, oh, shoot, Jared's got a family. He seems like it's a pretty good guy. <laughs> you know, and, and from what I talked to him, he actually views the industry pretty similar to me and I think they train their people, you know, so, so there's just a lot of value in getting, you know, um, people together in a room. I think you have to guide the conversation because it can turn into a bitch fest real quickly, right? Mm. We all have a lot of complaints and a lot of things that we don't like, but that doesn't move things forward. So, okay, great. You brought that issue up. What can we do locally? And maybe even if we need to send feedback to some of the national organizations to say, we need to, we need help or we need this to do is an this. Issue. Identify yeah. it and start. Yeah. And, uh, um, so, um, yeah, so I, I am seeing, I'm hearing more about it. Um, I think the, the biggest obstacle is a lot of people don't have the time, right? It's, it's tricky to, to set aside the time. So we meet once a month this month, we're moving it to, I think it's like 10 to 1130 and then um, our host is going to bring lunch in so okay. maybe some people stick around and have lunch so hopefully you'll come huh? I, I looked at the calendar I'm not going to come I have my uh, my Vistage group meets that day What's from 9 Vistage? to 2 uh, it's a coaching oh. a coach. it's a nationwide coaching group it's, and something that I just joined uh, a lot to help alleviate the stress and pressure that I was under I didn't know yeah. you know in the business the last couple of months um, but yeah I joined there so we have a group of eight other business owners that meet and then it's led by a business coach. Uh, We meet once a month uh, and in the group, there's four other manufacturers 
So that's, that's been really beneficial to me to be able to ask them questions and how they're doing things and how they would navigate something. It's Other been, manufacturers in non-competing fields. So correct. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So that's been really good. And then I also get, you get a one-on-one with your business coach once a, once a month. Huh. And then you also, uh, you know, you're a part of now the Vistage Network, mm. uh, which is 27,000 people big right now. And uh, I mean, for one, one example, and this is... Actually, I don't know if I, I'll have to edit this out. Um, but so in this group of 27,000 other members, uh, and I'm in, I'm in a manufacturing group to where even if I have a problem sourcing a material or any manufacturing question, you can pose it in the group. Now, marketing ruins everything. You are going to get some salesy stuff sure. back, but at the same time, they've got to get a return on their, you're going to get, you're going to get some good feedback too, from some people then, and, and it's it's very easy to, uh, I would say, like, some of the problems I've had that have kind of plagued me for three and four years that I wasn't completely sure how to handle it, uh, literally post a question, and in, in 24 hours, I'm like, oh, do that. Got it. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's been very it's been very helpful. But anyway, so our uh, our monthly meeting is actually that. That same time. That day and time. That, that's cool. That's on there. That's great. Well, I mean, but it speaks to the idea of just getting together, whether it's remote. Getting in a room. Yeah. I prefer, you know, physical interaction as much as possible, you know, being on site. That's why our group hasn't really offered, you know, the Zoom. So mm-hmm. it's like, you either be there or be square, but we'll, we'll post some of the like recaps and stuff like that. But there's just, there's just a lot of well, value. I think in, too, by showing up face it face. also shows uh some buying dedication yeah 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 well not just yeah on the zoom call but typing away or you know whatever it, show, it shows it shows some dedication to the yeah. group and and some yeah focus and people in the room and stuff like that so yeah it's been good i mean we've gotten some some young and some old and and uh um just a lot of value in that so it's been fun well i think we can Moving towards like a wrapping up on this, I do want to see. So, if you can, I'm scared to ask you because you, John, you're hard to keep focused on. It was real clunky. So it's hard to keep you focused on one topic, but this is the this is the task. Okay, here I'm, we go. I'm an, uh, here. I am focusing. Mm-hmm. The Do Joe. Okay. When did you start it? What was your What was your kind of goal or mm. foresight with that and then where is it today how has it got here and where is it at today the diojo as a as an entity uh, <clears throat> when did um w- when i was working in oregon uh i was a project manager actually Probably about the same time, maybe I wrote my first article for C, or R&R when Michelle was there. Um, I think the idea for it came about. So the Diojo is the do your own job dojo. Um, and the idea there is uh, the, the best thing you could do on a team is to do your job. So people have this idea, teamwork, you know, we need to get everybody together, da, 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 da. And the company I was working at, there was a lot of issues with trust and people working together. Um, And I remember having a conversation with my manager and just saying, 
he's like, people just need to trust each other. I was like, man, you got that backwards. It's not like you snap your fingers and people, if I tell you to trust them, you better trust them. No, like, yeah, that's not going to work. You know, sometimes the best thing you need to do is let people duke it out. Like if I don't friggin' trust you, you know, you telling me to trust you is not going to make me trust you. And I remember I was sitting down with a, uh, probably one of the worst people I've ever worked with. And he was talking to a customer. He's like, I'm a trustworthy person. People really trust me. I, you know, I have so much trust. I think that's like the very first red red flag. flag. Yep. Yep. When you have to tell me that I can trust you. Anytime somebody leads with something, you know, red flag, you're not that you're probably the opposite. So anyways, we were talking about on an organizational level to build trust is like, no, like, and trust comes down to at work, something so simple. Do you do your damn job? You know? So like if you do your job and I do my job, I may not agree with all the ways you go about it, but I know, okay, Jarrett does his job. It's done. Yeah. And John does his job. Maybe I fail. Maybe I screw up, but I, I believe to the best of his ability, he tries to do his job. That's, that's the foundation for trust. So if you want teamwork, that's where you focus, do your damn job, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and, and maybe you as the manager or the leader, maybe people don't trust you to do your job and that filters down. Right. You know, and so you got to take some hard looks at that. So that was kind of the idea. Those were things I was implementing in our own team, um, and, and was successful in creating a team within a team that trusted each other and, and worked for each other. It's just crazy when, when, when people move from trust to now like, you know, then, it, then that's where like, oh, you had something that impacted your ability to do your job that was outside of your control, you know, like the supply thing or something like that. And maybe you're saying, man, I, uh, is anyone going, uh, an example here, like I've got so much crap to do. I don't have time today to go to Gig Harbor. Well, one of the other PM says, I'm going to Gig Harbor. What do you need me to do? You know, so it's like, how can, those are those little things that, things that are working teamwork, together. right? Yeah. To where it's like, you're not asking me to do your job or cover for you. You're just like, man, today I need help with this, you know? And that, I think those are those flares of teamwork that, uh, that can really help. So that was kind of, I guess, a long story and the idea and the concept of the Diojo. So I started writing and just trying to, you know, really share out of some of the experiences I had that I felt helped build some teamwork and some camaraderie and, and turn our team around. And, um, and then I kind of teetered around with it. I was calling in eyes events and I had the blog and stuff like that. And that's what I wrote and then started writing to other outlets and things like that. And it did, it really did uh, crystallize when I read um, Rachel's book. I've got the notes still in the book, the unqualified success. I was like, I think I'm branding wrong with IZ events. Whereas Diojo, if I could create a logo and I kind of sketched a logo and I think that's something people can maybe gather around. If I have something that's going to be of value, I think that's the, name and maybe the brand that could um, potentially carry right mm-hmm. and so uh, not in any way thinking like I've got to you know just add water and this is going to be successful but if I were going to try to put my stake in the ground that's the name the image and everything that I think would be helpful and so okay um, and so that you know I guess at heart like I, I, I enjoy writing and if I could only write, I probably would. <laughs> I just don't think maybe that's the way the world works, you know? And so you, 
like like you know if you you have to be on the side of annoying if you're going to self fund if you're not just going to outsource it to somebody and pay a bunch of money for somebody to try to get your crap out there um you know you're you're always going to be on the verge of being annoying yeah you know and that's uh well i think there's a there's always a i don't know the one saying you know it's like it's like you should do what you love yeah it's like that's like that's great if you can find that but at the same time there's jobs and there's hobbies. Sure, sure, sure. And, yeah, yeah. And a lot of times they don't yeah. overlap. So it's one is like, I mean, I'm great at building power boxes. Do I do I love my job? Yeah. Can I not wait? No, I'd rather go hunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather. You know, yeah. But I can't turn hunting into my Yet. job. It's Yet. Like, no, no, that's so. Yeah, yeah. You know, there, there's, a, there's a little bit of a separation there. So let me be like writing I mean, I mean, obviously, it's a hobby of yeah. yours for sure. Um, but I like that you're able to to now transition that into some yeah. of your work too. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of years of you know contributing to R and R, CNR, and other clean facts, those kinds of things, and then uh, publications outside of that for free, mm-hmm. right? I did um, initially started doing some of the. I don't, you know, the Fiverr or whatever, where you get paid a little bit of money to write articles for other people. I learned from those experiences because I learned how they wanted the information formatted and, you know, how they wanted to appeal to the bots and stuff like that. And so you learn from every experience. But I think that's, you know, if you have one of those hobbies that you think you might want to turn into a business, there's no barriers right now. Like, you know, aside from like wanting to be a brain surgeon, you know, like... You can, no, I, I got you. Si- there, there's a side hustle for almost anything that you, you know, like hunting is your hobby. You could take your GoPro out there, start creating videos and throw those on YouTube. It may or may not go anywhere, but you can, you can certainly put your well, flag out there. There's definitely a, a thing that, front, you know, where many people's hobbies have turned into businesses, yeah, yeah. but just to set out to make my hobby a business, yeah. I think that's... Maybe an unrealistic expectation, but if you have that in the back of your mind, there's really no barrier to, to start putting the feelers out. You no, know, there's not. On Instagram, you can definitely, you can definitely try it. Now, I was, I was gonna say, I just, here I am in the field, I and I haven't in. seen a bear for three days. Uh, Jared Steers Guide <laughs> Service. Yeah, I mean, no, no. Yeah, that's pretty much. And yeah, that's pretty much uh, it. It's pretty rain, bad. It's like, rain. hey, look at the sunset, because that's all I have to look at today. <laughs> um, but no, I, I did just read an article. Though, I mean, kind of. I mean, I, I wanted to share this too because I think it's important for the time. You know, right now is also the hardest time to to start a new business with the supply chain. The supply chain is an issue. I mean, anybody that has a small business right now that's that's purchasing anything, prices are ridiculous, and they yeah. keep and they're changing and going up. Um, the, just when you can get things isn't reliable. Yeah, and then the labor and the labor shortage or the rising labor costs or however you want to look at yeah. it. The un just unre- the the market to start a small business is so unreliable right now. Yeah, that I, I I couldn't even imagine trying to start a small business right now. Well, I guess maybe I'm thinking more too on the content side, um, and I would encourage anybody that's thinking about starting a small business. Yeah, is, so you're yeah you're thinking content. I'm thinking products. But uh, well. Yeah, I I don't I definitely don't have as much experience in products other than like writing the books, which is great because if somebody orders on Amazon, I have nothing, I have no interaction with that transaction of goods or funds. It's it's automated, right? You're not like, we're, here's the first fifty pages, but the next fifty will be here in the next yeah. two months. Yeah. Well, 
and they, they there, there has been some issues when people make bulk orders that uh, it's sometimes harder to get the product on time. Like somebody wanted some for an event that was coming up, and I said, oh, okay. I can process it, I can provide it to you at a discount, but I cannot guarantee when it will arrive because this has been my experience. So, yeah. um, but, but, but if you're, if you're going to start a business, I would say try to start the business that the relies the least on products and people. <laughs> those, those businesses it are is. harder to come by, but, um, but if, you know, if you're trying to transition out of products or restoration products, what you do with GMS service, what we do with, um, restoration you know what there there's pieces there's elements to that what do they say uh, the only people making money during the gold rush was the one selling shovels and spades you know and so you know yeah. what I, that sticks with me because it's like well what are those ancillary businesses that could and maybe those innovative businesses i think it's cool i think i think there's not going to be um you know it still is impacted by the supply chain but where people might will be printing materials on site for construction projects. You know, it'll spec out and you'll print it on site and, and maybe not all of it, but, but a significant portion mean? of it. Pr- They're already working on like they, they, the 3d printer that does like a concrete house and it's laying, you know, the whole foundation or not the foundation, but the walls I've and everything that. like yeah. that. Yeah. But, um, they've already got uh, resin-based, like, two-by-fours and stuff like that, you know, um, um, structural materials and those kinds of things. So I don't think we're that far off to where some elements of what you do, if not all of the elements the, of what you do, could be. The 3D printing is just fascinating. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't I can't fathom exactly where it's going to go or where it'll stop. I know that – I know I've researched it for my own company and because, you know, every once in a while – somebody calls and they want something custom. Sure, sure. And I yeah. love that. I love that. It's like, it's like cool problem solving. Let's do it. Yeah. And so I was, I was looking into getting a 3d printer for our shop that we could, we could custom make, you know, the plastic power. Unfortunately, there isn't a plastic out there that's durable enough. It's all pretty oh, fragile okay. once, okay. once it's 3d printed. Yeah. Um, so sorry, anyone listening that just got excited. Sorry, yeah, we're not yeah. doing that. But, no, it, but it may not be that far off, but it's, though. But right? it, yeah, it's, it, it could be coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that I think too. Think about what you said, though. Like you've created a business where um, it's it's super specific, right? This is the problem we solve, and this is the package that meets the most needs. Yeah, but most also. Universal. As you've developed those relationships, right? Like a lot of your stuff is sold through a Ramscore or John Don, where you still are on the fulfilling the order side, and you probably could automate or you could hire a bunch of people and do it. But um, there's other elements of that that may be problematic or or well, not honestly, worth the headache. Uh, I mean, I do. I enjoy that side of yeah, it too. Yeah. I mean, I I really do. I mean, and now I, I guess I could. I don't. I don't want to go to my workbench for fifty hours a yeah. week. I don't yeah. want to do that. But I do. I I never want my job to completely eliminate me. Sure. Putting a box together. Yeah. yeah. Turning a screwdriver. Yeah. I, I I do enjoy. Yeah. I do enjoy that part of it. Well, there's 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 two ways to make money, um, and maybe we close with that. But like, if if you're you mentioned the the small business owner that hey I was making twenty five bucks an hour working for X restoration company I'm gonna go to work for myself. You know what I'm paying myself? Thirty bucks. Thirty. Yeah. You know what I'm charging? 30 bucks an hour, you know, oh, you're, you're dumb, right? You don't understand business. You may be a good technician, good at, at the skill sets, but so if you want to pay yourself 30 
your company needs some money, so you need to be charging probably at least sixty. You know, your so, overhead, but you then you need some. Yeah, you've, you're gonna have your overhead, even if it's small. Even if it's small now, you need to charge enough to what you can grow into where you want to be. Now, if you want to be the solopreneur, and you're only gonna pay yourself, you still need to be charging probably at least sixty, if not more, because you got to be able to set aside for retirement. Because you know, in twenty years, you're not gonna be able to be doing yeah. what you're doing. There's a whole now. other side of that too, and I think I, I would I would also encourage people, and this is what I do too. Um, you know, there was, there was a time even in my business where, yeah, it was like, I was like, how, like, what's the very minimum we can do things at and like crunch the numbers, crunch the numbers. What can we get it down to? You're just hurting yourself when you do that. You're really putting a lot of strain on yourself to, to even where now, if I go into a project and it isn't something I've done before, I'm not a hundred percent sure, you know, I'll, I'll pad 10, 15%. Yeah. Yeah. And usually I'm very, like 90% of the time, I'm very happy I've had it that 10 to 15% because something came up that was unforeseen. Yeah. And, and when you're, I mean, especially your, your owner operator, I mean, me, one person right now, um, and, or other just small business, it doesn't take much. Yeah. It doesn't take much of a mistake to go like, to I mean, who can, who can swing a $10,000 mistake in a month? Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. But is a $10,000 mistake out of line? I mean, it's, yeah. no, that happens all the time. Yeah. So I think, I think that's another important, that's another important thing that I think people miss when they're, you know, you're saying, well, I'm making 25, I could go out on my own and make 30. Yeah. It's like, and you're like, no, you should be charging 60. And I'm like, and then add 10% to that yeah, for yeah. the. That's at minimum. Yeah. yeah. I mean, cause yeah. yeah, you need to, you need to, you got to pay the bills. And even if you don't have the shop and, and the fleet, you've got to factor that into your plan. It's coming though. Yeah. And then your profitability, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the year, you want to have some money set aside for research and development and, mm. yeah. and growing your company and those kinds of things. So you can, you either, you regardless, you need to charge more because either you need to charge to build into what you're going to need to do to hire people and start spreading out the responsibilities or you need to charge enough to where you can regularly be putting money aside so that you can hopefully retire one day, right? With with a retirement piece too. I mean, I mean, we, John, I mean, you could talk for three hours. I don't think anyone wants to listen to us. It was real clunky. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean that that retirement piece too. As I get older, yeah, I, don't, I mean, what are you like sixty five now? Yeah, 60, 41. <laughs> Um But I mean, my son's twenty years old. Yeah. And I'm trying to talk to him about retirement. And I, and I slide it in every once whatever, in a while to a whatever. conversation. Yeah, like, yeah. like, hey, have you? Yeah. No. Yeah, a yeah. year and a half has gone by. Like nothing. And, yeah, I, yeah. and I don't and I don't blame him because you when I was 20. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had some people that talking to me about it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm going to go buy. I'm going to go buy wheels for the Corvette now. See Shut ya. up, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean, it is anyone listening to this who's who who isn't who isn't isn't planning for retirement doesn't have some sort of plan already start, I, I encourage you start looking into yeah. it it's it's very important and the older you get you know you're losing out on some very valuable time yeah to yeah. start those investments and get those going now to yeah to provide for your future yeah well and two if you're if you're starting a business or in a business man you know write some articles definitely write some blog posts for whatever your website is 
and create little stupid videos on Instagram or TikTok, you know, or whatever. TikTok, you know, I haven't just, got into TikTok yet. Yeah, well, I mean, you're 41, so I mean, <laughs> do you even have a smartphone? <laughs> Probably got the flip phone with the large buttons, right? <laughs> I scroll through the five to get Dude, to the those K. Are the creepiest things ever. <laughs> You're still, yeah, you gotta, yeah, yeah. Oh. Some of your listeners probably don't know what that was like, right? Uh, not yeah. having a QWERTY keyboard, just having to click a button three times just to get the well, I think I remember they were, I talked to my son, and then I remember this story too. Um, yeah, I, I think he was watching Home Alone. I think, I think that's the movie it was. <laughs> the first so one? Yeah, first one. So it's all, and it, doesn't at some point he gets out a Walkman and is like playing some music? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he's my, like dancing. Yeah. My son, who has an iPod at this at this yeah. time in his life, watching, yeah. he's like, "What is that? What's that?" And yeah. I was like, "Oh, it's a walk." He's like, "I want one of those." What was? What was? Yeah, <laughs> Good yeah. Good luck. Well, well Star Lord has that in the uh, the Marvel movies, but uh, I think it was a VHS tape, and, the, and my kids were like, "What the heck is that?" And I was like, oh. "Yeah, yeah, you guys." The, we, Blockbuster was still around when they were little, you know, and um, but but not to where they're old enough. Maybe my oldest daughter probably, she's 19, so about the same age as your. Yeah. She's probably remembers going to Blockbuster, but you know, it's crazy because people don't, I mean, that was quintessential Friday nights with your friends, right? Or even with your family, like, can we get two movies? You know? Right. Yeah. 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 Hey, okay. I get the it's new. It's only 99 cents. Yeah. If I get, if I get the new one at six bucks, but I can get three for the, you know, the 99 cents <laughs> or, you know, they run the deal, get the new one, get one for 99 cents. And you're like, yeah. And you spend an hour just like looking at all the titles that you looked at last week. Turning and turning the yeah. boxes over. <sighs> this is an important decision. You know, <laughs> Let me see this. it looks the same. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And now, now, and then it was like, even if you rented a movie that you hated, you have to watch it because we spent the seven bucks well, or have, whatever. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, you're on Netflix or whatever, and you're like, this just sucks. And then you just next, skip. Next. Yeah, yeah. I know another one that stands out to me, uh, again, watching a movie, and in the movie, they roll down the window but with the crank. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my kid's like, what are they doing? Yeah. Well, that's how it used to be. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Oh, it's funny. Well, cool, man. Did we accomplish what you wanted to accomplish? I think so. Jared's did you back. Have, did you have a good time? No. Okay. Well, then, yes. I absolutely. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, that is so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Well, dude, thank you. Yeah. It's been fun. Now let's go get some lunch. Okay. Uh, sounds good. We're going to Jack in the Box. Okay. No. I'm not. No. I haven't been to Jack in the Box in a really... Yeah. Really long time. About the only thing I like there is those like 99 cent tacos. I think I, they're more expensive now. I don't think it's literally like the craft cheese with like who knows what <laughs> so, it is meat. <laughs> I remember, did you? I had one of my antenna, the Jack in the Box, that just the little. Oh, ball. okay. I had that when I was in high school. Because then Jack in the Box, that was, it was good. Another, then. okay. History. Yeah. Washington, Jack in the Box. I believe when I was in grade school, I think we were one of the first, there was like an outbreak of E. coli in Jack in the Box. Remember when that was a big deal? There was two scandals in Jack in the Box history. Sorry, Jack in the Box, if you're listening. There was <laughs> E. coli that blo- broke out in like Linwood, Washington. And then, and then they got caught like, I guess using like kangaroo meat or something like that. 
<laughs> so that's just giving you something to research that may or may not be true. Um, but I like, just, yeah, I like that. See, Jack in the Box, what we're doing is trying to create interest in your product by its reverse. Now, now I'm going to get the Facebook fact checked and yeah. get removed. Oh, okay. You might have to edit this. Did you see? Um, I had that. Like one of my podcasts got flagged, and it was Kevin Hussey out of Louisiana talking about his own personal like journey, and it's like. What the hell in here is like needs to be fact checked? This is a man talking about his own life. You've, I was like, Kevin, apparently somebody in Russia knows more about your life enemies. than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was early on. So people are in there just taking down the JoJo podcast. Yep. Well, you mentioned journalistic background, and it's like <laughs> I was accused earlier of uh, of not being very fair, and I just want to be clear. It's my friggin' podcast. I can put whatever the heck I want on there. So <laughs> we'll close with that. Shut up. <laughs> oh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. one's paying me enough to uh, steer the conversation. Oh, someone doesn't so. want to listen to this? Back off, bro, or you're going to catch these hands. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Well, all right, man. That'll do it for us broadcasting live, recording live. Puyallup, Washington. Out of Puyallup, Washington. Washington. At John's house. Thanks, man. This has been a good time. Yeah, yeah. My wife was really concerned about you coming over, so she cleaned. Oh, good for you. Yeah. You got a clean house now. Yeah. All right, man. Normally, that's my chore, but... We're getting lunch. We're out. All right. Peace.